Join us coming up on Friday. Cinderblock Brewing in North Kansas City. We're tapping the playoff Pilsner at 6 o'clock. Come out for the party. Just show up, hang out. All the 610 Sports Radio personalities will be there. We'll have a good time. Cinderblock Brewing, North Kansas City, starting at 6. We'll tap another edition. They brewed another edition of a uh, playoff beer. The playoff Pilsner will be tapped Friday night at 6 as we get set for the uh, for the uh, postseason. There's one uh, Denver Bronco that just can't quit the Chiefs. It's pretty fantastic when you're getting the rent-free opponent. Quinn Miners is a uh, offensive lineman. He has had four straight losses to the Denver Bron- or to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. after two seasons in the NFL, and uh, he's not he's not happy about it. I said it before. I'm I'm sick of losing to the Chiefs. That is like my number one goal that I'm like have like looking at every day is I really want to beat them. Um, I'm gonna say it because it's it's one on my on my chest. The fact that they did that little ring around a rosy play against the Raiders like genuinely like like pissed me off, and I'm I'm just excited for that for that day and for that moment, and that's one of the things that I'm preparing for going into next year. <laughs> Who is that good. again? Quinn Miners. I've never he heard spoke of with, him. Uh, our former 610 colleague, Brandon Cristal, covers the Broncos for KOA. You didn't really have to say who got that story. <laughs> no, <it was laughs> you know, Brandon's in there was, going, what do you think of the Chiefs? It was Brandon, and he couldn't text us fast <laughs> enough. He goes, oh, you'll love this. Here you go, guys. So, he yeah. beat me to it, actually, yeah. yesterday, because I was getting ready to shoot him a text. Going, Could you send me the audio yeah, of that yeah. gentleman? Like, who... yeah, I got you guys. Yeah. I got you covered. Yeah, I heard it. And I'm like, oh, yep. yep thinking of you guys. Is. He's mad about the snow globe play. How did that affect him? It what, did was, not. Did he play in that game? Was he on the it Raiders yesterday? It did not. Uh, in fact, his game hadn't kicked off yet. Right. They played Saturday. This was a Sunday afternoon right? game. He's sitting down there instead of studying his playbook. He's all He's, he's all worried bent. about the Chiefs. He's all bent. The Chiefs running a play against the Raiders. Yeah, I can't say you were self-scouting because it was the last game of the season. You should have been in your playbook, man. <laughs> and and now he's going to think about it all offseason. Quinn That's Miners. Terrific. I mean, talk about a Miners player in the NFL. Like this, terrific. It, for a Miners team, too. A Miners League baseball football team out in Denver. He's worried about the Chiefs doing that? You ought to worry about finding a quarterback and a coach. It's my all my entire offseason. I will live to not have them also, do a circle you, play on you. You, you can't do anything about it also. Yeah. <laughs> you got some issues, man. If if you're going away at the end of a season that that was, right? Yeah. Like if you're a Denver Bronco, 56% of you will be back. 44% are going to be sent away, right? That's just the way it works. You'll be going NFL. pro in something else. You'll be going somewhere else or selling cars. So what you need to do at Enterprise, right? Is that where it is, yeah, Enterprise? Yeah. They'll pick that's, you up. That's what usually what, that, uh, that's the college ones. I don't know if they if they take former NFL players. Former not, NFL but. players. But 44% of the guys in the Denver Broncos will not be back next year. So they won't have to worry about this, right? For the grouping that will be back there. And he'll be back. Yeah. And, and he will be. Yeah. But you you got to go. More else. You, you got to go. You got to go decompose, man. Like take January and just forget about life and football and go decompose. When you hire a new head coach and he's going to fix the quarterback, because that's going to be uttered. You know that's going to be uttered by whoever takes that job. i got to fix the quarterback. When they figure out who the head coach is going to be and then OTAs and, like, weightlifting start, then maybe you can start focusing on the Chiefs. You're rolling out there with your trash bag on January 9th and you're thinking about the Chiefs. <laughs> that's a great sign for us. 
Or the new coach brings in every player like, hey, um, you know, what are you working on? All I can think about is the Chiefs running that play. Yeah. Okay. I don't want you part of the team. And I'm then. tired of losing to the Chiefs. Yeah, we have we have right, 17 you know. games on our schedule. Right. Two of which are the Chiefs. You got anything else? No, I just hate when they run plays against other people. God. I mean, you need to go sit on a beach and just, you know, forget about football for a while, pal. I said it before. I'm, I'm sick of losing to the Chiefs. That is like... My number one goal that I'm like have like looking at every day is I really want to beat them. Um, I'm gonna say it because it's it's one on my on my chest. The fact that they did that little ring around a rosy play against the Raiders like genuinely like like pissed me off, and I'm I'm just excited for that for that day and for that moment, and that's one of the things that I'm preparing for going into next year. Does he have like lipstick and a, he's crossing? Oh yeah. He's, he's Steve Buscemi, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the other Every thing. Every morning he's waking up and he's got his checklist on his written on his mirror and beat the chiefs, get groceries, walk the dog, beat the chiefs. Just get 1% better today. So I can beat the chiefs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 1% better. What? I love it. Um, so if you get 1% better every day, you still might not beat the Chiefs. You, I don't know. you still may not beat the Chiefs, but eventually, like a hundred percent is all you can do because there's nothing. There's no such thing as a hundred and ten percent. And Roy Williams taught me that. Mm. These people say give a hundred and ten percent. You can't. You, you give a hundred percent. That's all you got. It's a hundred percent. So you can't give a hundred and ten percent. So if you get one percent better every day, like how long is it going to take you to get to that hundred percent? It could take you a hundred days to get there. And then after a hundred days, you got, you can't get any more better. Wait, that wasn't right. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> That's a sports term. Um, so th- this guy's sitting around thinking about the Chiefs. But what I like most about this, Patrick heard that. <laughs> yeah. Guess what they're running against you, you next time. set the Chiefs up to kick your ass again. <laughs> you want to be really pissed off? They got, they're going to have a couple plays you're not going to like run against uh, you. I can't wait to see what just, they do. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. It's be <laughs> glorious. NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, and Scenic oh, Views. Oh God. Uh, Chiefs, of course, wait and see for the uh for the for the weekend. But you'd you'd like in the interim the uh, the NFL to reconsider its uh, its neutral site thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is wrong. And I offered this to a high ranking NFL official free advice. I said, I'm giving you this before I go on the air with it. Um what they need to do, we we've got to get out of this stupid neutral site AFC championship game. And I know you and Dana don't want to be cold, but we got to get out of this stupid neutral site AFC championship game before it happens. And what needs to happen, Andy Reid's a big leader. I don't think Dana's worried about the cold. I think it's just, you know, PTSD. I think he's good. I think he's a little worried about the cold too. Um, So Andy Reid's one of the biggest leaders and figures in this league. I think because of what happened last week and the way he acted, Sean McDermott is now one of the big leaders of this league, right? One of the big voices in this league. Those two guys know each other. I don't know what their relationship really is like. They don't really speak much about each other, you know? So I don't know if they have a great relationship or not. Not my problem. But I do know they know each other. They, they kind of prob- let him go. Yeah, he fired him, Sean in, McDermott. In, yeah, in, in Philadelphia. But right. I don't know if that was truly a, it's best for you to get, what you're looking to get done somewhere else. You know, I don't have a spot for you. Right. It may end up being like the the EB type of thing too in the future. Right. I I don't know. So they know each other. They've worked to each other. They got a relationship. Sean or Andy, one of them needs to be, you know, the first to do it, call text, whatever it is and say, Hey, let's do this. Let's present this to the league. Nobody wants a neutral site AFC championship game. 
the thing that makes the AFC and NFC championship games great are they are at those home stadiums and your team and your fans get to celebrate together. And you're talking about a potential of, would you say the two most passionate, best, crazed fan bases in the NFL? Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong by saying that. Because right? I, I even think when they go to a neutral crowd, it's going to be it's going to be great because you have these two fan bases that are going to that will will convert. Right. These these two fan bases are the two best, passionate, craziest, willing go to do anywhere. anything, run through fire, eat jars of man, whatever the case may be. Right. They need to flip a coin and say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're not playing this thing at a neutral site. One way or the other, we're playing this at a home stadium. Let's just flip a coin for it. I'd rather play the game in Buffalo. I'd rather play the game in a snowy field in Buffalo than play it at some sterile environment in Las Vegas where none of our fans can get to because it costs too, too much money on, on a one-week notice. So what I think they should do is get together and suggest to the league, we've decided that we're going to flip a coin for it, <laughs> and whoever wins it gets the home game. And if you're the league, you go, all right, fine, you're the two teams playing. If that's what you want, let's go ahead. They've already set a precedent with the coin flip. Right? They've already changed the rules that they have in the rule book because of this. Why can't we change it one step further and those two coaches get together? Because I would rather see this game played in Buffalo and have the Chiefs in it than to see this game played in Nashville because it just, it just like, I want that environment. I want those fan bases. I want the passion. I want the drunkenness. I want all of that. And I just don't think you can duplicate that at a neutral site. And I think playing in Buffalo is better than playing it at a neutral site. So flip a coin for it. Whoever wins gets it. We go on. Not terrible. I think better than just going, we're just doing neutral site. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't like that from the jump. I didn't either. And um, why did we have, why couldn't the NFL just say, here's, here's what we're going to do guys. You know, just, just to get through this, we've already decided we're going to do flip a coin with, with the, the Bengals and Ravens. Why not flip a coin? If they it's didn't the chiefs want, they and didn't bills, want, they, they were okay with doing that in a wild card game. Why though? Because they were, they didn't want to upset Buffalo. I don't really care. I think that's why. I think it's yeah. why. I, yeah, I, that's why I believe. Yeah, it's just it's just like we have just created and made up rules all over the place. Yeah. It's like somebody puked and went, all right, we're like this, this, and this, and we'll take these rules. And well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Buffalo wouldn't want to take the chance of coming to Kansas City again. Maybe they have, you know, postseason well, postseason angst about coming to Kansas City. They might not want to do it either. But um, you could set it up, have it dramatic, have it have it televised on NFL Network. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be great. Having the home crowd is special, man. No, I, I hate to lose that because know, you know what's going to happen. They're going to look at this and go, oh, wow, look at this. I, I know. that's the, And it was my fear from the get-go as well. New way to gonna, generate money. They're going to look at this and go, well, look, we put this game in Nashville. Both fan bases showed up. It was great. We had 50. We had 50-50 or whatever. Um, both of these fan bases came. We can play neutral site games all the time. I don't want that to happen. I don't either. And you know how many fans I heard from that are season ticket holders are like, part of the reason I buy my tickets now is for the playoffs. And if you take that away, so you're going to entice Chiefs fans to buy season tickets for one, for one play, game? One playoff game? For one game and not have a chance to see the championship game there? Yeah. Bad precedent, For, for one playoff game. Two, if you didn't get the number one seed, you know right. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. everybody wants to get the number one seed, right? Yeah. And so, so you're doing it for one playoff game. Yeah. It feels weird. It yeah. feels weird. It feels cheap. It feels bad. I, I it feels greedy. And that was, that was my fear. It wasn't the, the fairness and the blah, blah, blah. It was the, I don't want the door open to the NFL going, see how great it was. Yep. We had these two teams go here. You see how great that atmosphere was, even though it wasn't at a home venue. Let's do this again. Mm-hmm. Let's bid it out. I don't want that to happen. So yes, if you, if you're, if you're laying that all out and you say, would you rather do a coin flip? Due to that case, then I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather. Otherwise, do the coin I, flip. I feel like they made their bed. 
I know, and I hate the bed that they've made because they're going to look at and then, go, oh, that bell that, but, that bed is lined with satin sheets, and it's more money for us. I'm not so sure Buffalo is going to be in that game. So, and there's a good chance they may not be. Wouldn't it be like just ridiculous to have like the Dolphins and Bengals? It's so stupid. Like neither of us are involved in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's the NFL's hope that they avoid the whole thing by, right, by both yeah. teams being eliminated. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's that, what, Chiefs fans had the fixes in thing about that portion of it too. They oh, won't get out of the divisional round game because you know then they won't have to have the neutral. Look, the neutral I'm side. just going to be honest with you, man. I don't know if you've been to the High V lately. You can't find tinfoil anywhere in this town. Everybody's wearing it. <laughs> oh, that's why we have the shortage. Yeah, because everybody's wearing the. Tin everybody's foil. wearing the tinfoil tin hats. hats up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I, I I think there's a I think there's a chance the Bengals beat them. So I think I think both the Bills. I don't I'm not concerned about the Dolphins against the Bills. I yeah. think I think the I think the Bills and Bengals both win, and I think that there's a chance the Bengals win, mm-hmm. and we don't have the scenario anyway. Good, let's do it. That'd be my that'd be my preference. Put that hat on. Put that tinfoil hat on. Matt Catraro, the new manager See, we of the have Royals, to think on the fly too. Q is is, is in <laughs> studio with us. Uh, we had a little computer issue. That's why I didn't. Know oh, we did. Yes, oh, I didn't. We're going. Okay, so we're gonna right. we're gonna take care of business and talk to the uh, the new skipper of the Royals next. And we're back. That's great, great, great. This is great. Uh, professional radio. Yeah, how about see that? This, see how this is going down, right? Now we got it on. <laughs> got hey! so thumbs up in the last three seconds. Things were going well until Spectre walked in. I don't know about you. When your boss walks in, everything goes to hell, right? Usually, yeah, yeah. but I can't there say that is. on air. <laughs> That's what it is. Welcome in, my friend. It's good to, to see you in person and, and good to meet you. And uh, welcome to Kansas City. And I mean that because you're actually living here in Kansas City which we all truly appreciate. So congratulations. Oh, yeah. well, that was a big deal for us getting here as quickly as possible. So, uh, yeah, we love it. We've, we've settled in surprisingly quickly and the kids are in school and it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. You brought my friend's house, by the way. And, um, he was uh, telling me about this the other day, the, the, the intermediary guy who lived there for like three months. Right. And he's like, I wish I knew to, to negotiate into the sale contract for, for the kids to be able to meet some of the guys on the team. I said, I'll take care of that for you today. <laughs> so can he bring the kids out to the ballpark and meet some of the players for giving you a great house yeah if they're your friends just bring them to my house it'll be fine perfect i'll yeah. tell them to come right. on they know where you live the address. <laughs> 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 they know where you live though but how important was it for you to come here and, and make your home because you're the first manager we can remember that has truly embraced kansas city as their home and i'm like i love it you already win the uh, the press conference for that you know <laughs> well yeah i mean i i don't know about what everyone everyone else's situations family situations are but i have young kids and i thought it was important uh, you know, three years ago, my wife stopped her teaching job in New York to move to Florida because my kids were kind of the age of like, it's kind of stinks to just only see them on the all-star break. So you don't, you don't really like that. So she gave up her career to start <clears throat> coming, uh, you know, where I am. And so we just did the same thing here. My kids are young and to not see them all season and have them be somewhere else. That's that. That doesn't work for me. No, I'm glad you said that, too, because we're both dads. B-dub's a dad. We've all got kids. And, and, and to kind of hear that human side of things, so many times you hear from people, they they forget about, like, all right, got to go. See you. The season starts, and, and, and that's it. I love the fact that you're a dad. Man, what's your favorite thing about being a pop? You know what? There's a lot of them, you know. I mean, but when I am home in the mornings when they come running downstairs and give you a big hug and stuff like that, you know, it's pretty hard to replace those things or just – after school, you know, they come running out and you get to see the smile on their face or the, the relief that the school day is over and we can get home and, and shoot baskets or just play whatever. You know, that, that kind of stuff is kind of irreplaceable. 
Did you get a good driveway to, to shoot hoops then? You know what? It's got of, a great hoop in it. Okay. It's on a little bit of a hill. So we yeah. got to figure out, hey, don't go chasing the ball in the street. Uh, we're trying to figure out a way to keep the ball in the driveway. Yeah. yeah. If we got a That's fence can- company that wants to put up a fence for Q <laughs> to keep the ball and let us know. That's Kansas City a little bit, though. We do have a lot of curved driveways. I know when, when we were looking for houses, they same thing like, no, I ruled out a, a f- number of houses because they had the curved curved drive. I'm like, we're putting on a basketball hoop here. The ball can't roll in the street. We got to stay. We got to stay as flat as possible. It is a it's a Kansas City problem. Well, it is. This is a hillier region than people yeah. think, right? Way, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was expecting, you know, the plains, you know, flat and you know, but it is. It's much hillier, and I, I like to ride my bike. So so far, I've been scuffling a little bit to try to get up some of these hills, but I think I'll be in better shape by the time we get going. How far do you ride? Well, in Florida, I could ride forever because you just there are no hills. The only hills are the bridges to get over the you know the little uh, waterways and stuff. But here, I you know so far, I think I've only made it about thirty minutes. Oh wow! Look at you. Well, that's <laughs> look at me. <laughs> thirty minutes is good. Well, half of it's downhill, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> then you gotta remember you gotta you gotta come back. Yeah, you gotta come back. Are you gonna ride your bike to the ballpark that we'll see in like four thirty five? Hey, there's you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> If you see me there, something's gone horribly wrong. No, I'm not that brave. I have heard of some coaches over the years that live like an hour from the ballparks, like, and they ride every day. I, I could do it in Florida when that was, you know, it was like a six-mile ride. It was like 25 minutes or whatever. So that that was fine. But I, I have no no plans of finding my way there here. Danny Duffy ran to the ballpark one time. <laughs> Don't, I am definitely not doing that. <laughs> Unless the ballpark's about 100 feet away. I'm not running anywhere. No, he, he ran one time. He was like, I think Danny Duffy's running down the interstate. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if I, he was. I yeah. always had a problem with the timing of the ride. Because you'd ride out and then come back, right? right well, you have to come and back. And this, yeah. this goes into picking up the kids at school stories. Um, but I, I did that one day, and I, I, I got out, and I went too far, and I had to get the kids from school and I I have never <laughs> pedaled so hard in my life trying to get back because I just t- timed it out wrong like I can make it and then it was just dying on the way back <laughs> you know and you're riding your legs and you're, you're huffing and puffing and the principal's there and the kids are, I'm sorry I just got off of my <laughs> legs are jello yeah uh, because you can't time out how long it takes the ride out is always so much simpler than the ride back right yeah you're just going well so far I haven't explored too far but I'm, I'm just basically going in circles over and over until I know I'm, I'm out of time it's easier to do it that way, you know, just to get, kind of explore, see where you are. There's some good trails out yeah, there, you know, yeah. there's some good trails that you can ride out there and, and, and have some fun doing that. So, um, so that's your big hobby, right? Bike riding and Pretty doing much, stuff like yeah. that. How'd you get into that? Really by necessity. When my, when I was with Cleveland, we were out in spring training in Goodyear and, um, my wife was there and our, we had an, an infant son at the time and, uh, you know, we, I would, I was a hitting coach, so I would get to the ballpark super early and, I didn't if if he was asleep, I wasn't going to wake him up to have her bring me to the ballpark. So I went to Walmart and bought a bought a cheap bike and um, would ride. It was only you know a few miles to the ballpark at the time. So that's how it kind of started. And then the Cleveland organization has a ton of people that are like avid cyclists, like do long distance stuff and they do races. You know they have a thing there called the Velisano Race for the Cure. It's a cancer cancer uh, charity. Um, so some of those people are really hardcore and I just, I just started doing it like, yeah, I'll ride to the ballpark, you know, it took me 30 minutes more for exercise than anything. And it just, that's kind of what I did. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have not graduated to, you know, like the racing bikes and the tight outfits or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just in, uh, I'm just in regular workout gear and, and, uh, 
Just do it as a hobby and something to stay in shape. We were going to present him with the with the Royals. Uh, uh, biking outfit. Yeah, here. I, I, guess, thought, I guess we'll save that. Well, you guys can keep wearing it. I'm, I see it. You guys are wearing it, though. Yeah. We, we, we wear it well. So I biked for one year, and it was when gas was like $4.19 a gallon back in like 08. And I would ride my bike, and I was living in St. Louis at the time, ride my bike to the train station, take the train, and then ride my bike the rest of the way to work. I didn't do it to get in shape. I did it because I was cheap. Yeah. And I didn't want to pay yeah. that kind of money for gas. And so the necessity of it kind of came up. I kind of liked it. It was it was fun, but then you get to work and you're sweaty. It wasn't yeah. like I was going to coach baseball just shower or something like that. I had so actually... is the bike going to spring training this year? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll go out on the truck and I'll find my way around surprise. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a good place to be for spring training. That was too. a little flat. That's pretty flat. Oh god, yeah, yeah. 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 Real flat area. out there. Yeah. Real flat out there. So, when you got the initial call of, <laughs> "Hey, how would you like to manage the Royals?" What did you think, man? I mean, I was hoping for it. You know, yeah. I mean, it was not, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. You know, once, once JJ called, you know, it was, yeah. When, when do I start? You know, um, and he called me the, it was the night before Thanksgiving or uh, uh, Halloween. And he said, uh, do you have any Royals gear to wear when you trick or treat with the kids tomorrow? So I said, well, I'll make sure I have some. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was, you know, it, it was a process, you know, you go through these interviews and they're, draining you know they're they're mentally and physically draining emotionally and and on me but as as much on my wife if not more because she's not the one involved in it and she's just thinking all right are we moving here are we moving there what's going on and so it, there's a relief and then there's the realization that okay now it really starts you know and it's not <laughs> now you've been hired but that's just one little tiny dot in the whole process now it's time to get to work so did you wear Royals gear for Halloween that year? I actually didn't have any. I actually didn't have any yet. Um, no, but I think, what did we have this year? We go with whatever theme the kids want. This year was So dress. you dress up. Uh, I, I wear a mask or something yeah. and a shirt, you know, but I don't, I, I have in the past, but not, uh, not in the same, to the same extent that my kids do. <laughs> So you didn't go like a SpongeBob or something this year? No, this year was some sort of mask they picked out for me. Some kind some of weird mask, creepy mask. Yeah, we yeah. had that too. Like you hit a button and it all lit up and changed. Oh, it wasn't that, it fancy. Wasn't that fancy. No, no. <laughs> nah, I, I don't think that they'd want Dad and his Royals. You know, what I mean, like I don't. Know. They're seven and five though. They think it's cool still. They probably right? were like, "You wear that every day. Can you can you put a mask <laughs> on in a in a superhero character?" They, right? they do not care about what team I'm with or any of that kind of stuff. They just, they, you know, they, when they go to the ballpark, they're still at the age where they like the ice cream and the mascots and the running around. My wife probably sees about a half an inning and then chases them around the whole rest of the time, but they're getting into it. You know, they're starting to, they have their Bobby Witt junior jerseys and stuff like that. And they, so they're, they're into it um, to that extent, but they are not addicted Royals fans yet they don't they, they're still conceptualizing all this well Mac they're still Toro. seven and five yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm good with that you know they're little kids and they should just be little kids yeah Matt Cotraro, the new manager of the Royals joining us you'll see his kids out at the carousel mm -hmm. um during on game days uh, coming, coming up at the uh, at the K right probably so yeah, yeah. they'll be running the, running the uh the speed drill and the uh and riding the carousel. They love so running the bases whenever that's available, all that kind of stuff. I'm glad you that's say awesome. let them be kids, too, because I think we rush the growing up process so much at times. Like, you know, we've, we've got some friends that are doing 18 things a night with their children. And mine are like, I'm just going to hang out with my friends and, you know, just chill and have some fun. I'm glad you say that. Just let them be kids every once in a while. Yeah, and I mean, some of that's by necessity because we've moved them here. You know, they don't have friends. They're not in stuff yet. You know, but we're, we'll get there. I mean, we're, we're in no rush, you know. I mean... 
you know, in Florida, it's year-round sports all the time, and, you know, they've had some opportunities to do, like, travel sports at age six that's a nine-month season, and we kind of just said we're not no, we're not ready for that because, you know, everything in this game, too, is a sacrifice, you know, like, so if one of them's going, my wife's the only one doing it, she's bringing both of them, and then they just get dragged around, and they don't like it after a while, mm-hmm. so, you know. We're, we're trying to, not that I have the answer, that's for sure, on, on parenting, but we're trying to figure it out as we go. Yeah, no doubt. Nobody has the answer on that, right? <laughs> like, we're all in this together. Like, the three of us look at each other every day and go, we got any ideas for this? Like, our biggest thing is, like, d- did your kids pick up their socks today? Because I don't know about <laughs> you, but you walk in the house, there's pairs of socks everywhere. I don't know I, I don't know how they end up in certain places. My daughter had one on her ceiling fan a couple of months ago. I'm like, how did this end up up here? And why is it staying? And why there? is it still yeah, there? Why is it still you there? Know? So I don't know if that's something you deal with right now. Well, we haven't gotten to that because they're pretty. My wife's good at setting that routine where stuff goes, and but they have to be reminded. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you stepped on the Lego in the middle of the night? That oh. might be the worst pain than probably any yeah. sports injury. <laughs> my older son is a huge Lego guy, and containing those things the move was actually probably good for that because it all ended up in totes and it hasn't spilled back out yet <laughs> so yet, just yet hopefully we can yeah. we can we, don't, we haven't that. found that box yet yeah. sorry. we don't know where that you gotta is. move it's in the back you gotta somewhere. move yeah. yeah we don't know sorry i guess i didn't make the truck i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you about that so yeah it's fun man it's it's fun i, I think your family's gonna love it here this we always say it's this is a great place to raise a family and when you win in Kansas City, it will be an even greater place to raise a family. You'll be a superhero around here, man. Everybody's going to love you. So you're getting into a great community at a great time and a great place to raise a kid. I mean, you got to feel really you know, confident about that, too. Yeah, you know, and I don't know how everybody else views it, but it seems like a small town, big city kind of atmosphere. You know, I mean, it's just everybody has been welcoming. They're friendly, um, you know, and, and the it feels a lot like where we're from in upstate New York. You know, we're. Florida was a big change, you know, the, the lack of seasons and it's all that kind of stuff. It's just a totally different environment than how we grew up. And we're from upstate New York. It's very similar to here, the, like the landscape, the feel of the seasons, all that kind of stuff feels much more what, what we're used to. I know you dropped off the uh, the kids on the way in. Do you prefer the uh, the, the school drop-off or the uh, the school pickup because we've all experienced they're they're awful. They're, luckily, we've never done luckily, the drop. Luckily, we work mornings and our fantastic wives have had to handle the drop off. I don't think I can handle the stress of that. The 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 pickup line has caused me uh, undue stress for the for the lack of paying attention to detail of how to how to get it done. We actually don't do it. We didn't do it in Florida either. We bypass that and park and walk up and get them. There's so right. you've already got to figure it out. That's, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the key. That's what we do. Because yep. I, I agree. I, and that's something that was foreign to me moving to Florida. Like, and, and this could be generational. I'm not sure. We didn't have car lines. You either took the bus or you got dropped off wherever and just walked up to the school and. Mm-hmm. That car line thing is intimidating. Some of those schools, those things stretch on for miles. You oh, know? God, yes. So, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. So I would park and walk the half a mile if I had to to pick them up. You're Perfect. smart you man. Keep that plan here. Yep. Yes, yes. Already like you. You got it figured <laughs> out. Because he told me that little secret. He said, I'll never go to the school. Park off to the side. And you don't have to deal with it. I'm like, all right, that's a great idea. I mean, I've, and, still, and I've done it. But you still have to. Still, I still have to it. like yeah. shade your eyes from like. 
the people doing it wrong. Right. But, yeah. Well, we were out of it for about six months, and then my wife took a new job, so we had to cancel the bus. Yeah. So I'm back to doing the pickup now, and I've been doing it for three days, and I already want to stop. Three but, days. You're already done. Yeah, I'm already done. <laughs> my, my kids are young enough where it's it's fun still. Like you get there, and they're excited to see you. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure at some point that all turns, and they're like, "Oh, here he is again." Yeah. Come on, Dad. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, Don't wait, embarrass me. Wait till you get home, and they start questioning why you pitched somebody in the eighth inning. That's when you know. <laughs> that's when you know you cross, you cross the line with that. Yeah. They wake up. Why the hell did you pitch that guy in the eighth inning? Okay, I'm out. That's probably about it. We're getting to know new Royals manager Mike Cotraro. He's in studio with us. More with him next. Tuesday, along with Bob Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler, Brian Williams producing. Matt Cotraro, the new manager of the Royals, is in studio with us and has, has moved to town. We established that. Kids are in school. Um, got the transition to a, to a brand new gig. The entire family's excited about it. That's really, you've had a whirlwind, I guess. <laughs> just Not just not just job, but getting everybody here. That's cool. Yeah, yeah but you know, it's been fun and, and it has been as smooth as I think it could possibly be. So we're, we're really happy with what what's taking place so far and what's ahead of us. What are you most excited about for this job? You know, the challenge, I think the challenge of, you know, there's a lot of challenges is getting to know new people, not just by name and job title, but really getting to know who they are and what they're about and, and letting other people know who I am and what I believe in and what I think is going to help us, you know, progress as an organization and as a team. So that part of it's fun. Um, Obviously, I get energized when I talk to the players and hear their positivity and and know like what their goals and their their uh, wishes are for moving forward. So I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is really just the day to day. I I'm really somebody that doesn't ride the roller coaster of like highs and lows. I try to I try to be pretty consistent, and I think Good. I think I think that's one of the things that I've heard from these guys too is just the they're they're grinders you know they like to work they like to play and they like to they like to be consistent in what they do so so far that's been really really energizing to me yeah that's good you can't get too high and too low and too high like uh, josh and i talk about it all the time we watch andy reed and we're like god if you could just have that calm demeanor like i got this like you can't be you get too high you get too low you're gonna you're gonna just burn yourself out if you do that well i mean i think that's unique to each person because i mean you've seen guys over the years that are much more high energy or, or much more of that highs and lows. And, and it works. I mean, Billy Martin, everybody remembers yeah. everything he did for decades. I mean, it's a different, different era, different game. The players are different now. Um, but I mean, you think about <laughs> what was that guy's life like every day managing a major league team for decades, you know, or things like that. But yeah, I, I agree. That's, you have to be consistent with who you are as a person you can't be one thing one day and one thing the next that's what that's what doesn't work yeah you're right about that that goes with anything in life that you have to be you you know and and my friend Matt Nagy who's the the uh uh, offensive coordinator what is he with the Chiefs now I don't even know former Bears head coach coach right now yeah you know you used to have the saying of be you and and he got that from his son on his opening press conference and he goes I'm really nervous and his son says just be you dad and that kind of became his his like calling card was be you and 
They made fun of him in Chicago, which was stupid because he's a great head coach. But BU is, I mean, if you try to be somebody that you're not in any walk of life, you're going to get exposed so fast, you know? Yeah, and if you spend a lot of your energy trying to change what other people are or what you are on a daily basis, that's kind of a waste of time, you know? I mean, everybody is what they are, and you try to work within the parameters of a team or an organization, but bring who you are every day, and, and, and we'll all fit in together. You mentioned that, like, you, you want to let people know who you are. And if, if, if somebody asked me the question, who are you, I wouldn't know how to answer that question. How do you, how do you answer that question? Like, you, you want to tell people who you are. Who are you? That's a good – that is a good question. You. I, you know, I think, you. <laughs> I, I, I think more so, like, I don't have a, an answer for that, but it's just the, the living the day-to-day and seeing what values – you know, you're a family person, you're a team, you're a team player, you're somebody that – um, believes in consistency and the process and those kinds of things. So, I mean, that's, that's who I am um, and, and extremely loyal, somebody that really pulls for other people's successes. And I think that's what serves well in a team game like baseball is you can never have enough guys playing well. You can never have enough coaches coaching well. Everybody has the more success that other people have, the better it is for everybody. God, you're speaking my language, my man, because we, we even talked about it today. It was referring back to what makes a good leader and a good coach in the NFL because there weren't a lot of firings yesterday, which we were very disappointed about, by the way. We thought there'd be a lot more. And I go, one of the things you need to have is like if you're the head coach or the manager or, or like the head of a business, and I always go back to Todd Haley because he couldn't play well with Charlie Weiss in 2010 and it ended up blowing up the whole thing and his biggest thing was charlie was getting a lot of credit for the way the offense was going and he was like mad that somebody else was getting the credit for it and to hear you say i don't care who gets the credit for it like that's one of the biggest things that i look for not that i matter but that i look for in like a leader like can you just let everybody else get the credit and you just kind of hang in the back and do the press conference and call it a day like i love hearing that because i think that's so important when you're the head of an organization well, I mean, you know, the the thing that I really feel strongly in is when you hire good people and you trust them to do their job, then they do their job well. They they ha- they have the confidence and the autonomy to to lead that group. And that's one of the things that JJ and I talked about in the hiring process for the for the pitching coach and the different guys we hired was my belief is that the hitting coach manages that department. The pitching coach manages that department. The bullpen coach manages his area, you know, infield, all the different areas. And I I don't know anything about how an NFL staff works, but it seems like that would be the same type of thing. You got your linemen and your defensive backs, all the different positions. The more in baseball, it's even more like the pitching has, is, has evolved so much that I'm not the expert in that field. It would be crazy for me to go espouse to the pitching guys, hey, you should work on this when I'm not the pitching expert. And the same in the hitting, the same. These guys are the the, the masters of their, their, their area. And so my job is to ask them the, the questions and spur the conversations and the thoughts, and they come back to me, and we bounce ideas off of each other to make the players better. Our job is to get the best out of every player that we can. And my theory on this is that the more that they feel comfortable running their area, the better it is for all of us. And as far as taking credit, there's, you know, the credit is the players. I mean, the players play the game. We, I, I don't hit, throw, run, do any of that stuff. The players take, we're here to be able to say good things and brag about the players. The patience level in all of sports, at least from a fandom perspective, has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Sure. Have you seen that kind of, of, evolve as well you mentioned kind of staying in the process and staying patient and those types has that become harder and harder on everybody maybe involved in sports because the 
I guess the, either the attention level or the patience level has shrunk so much these days. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. There's no doubt that's true. But, you know, in the places that I've been, I've been very fortunate. I think that all comes back to your organization and your leadership, you know, and, and I've been in two really good places with uh, Paul Dolan and Chris Antonetti and that ownership group in Cleveland to Stu Sternberg and Eric Neander and now John Sherman and J.J. Piccolo here. Like, they all have very similar philosophies. Kind of what I just talked about is – Hire good people, trust them to do their jobs, empower them, give them the resources to to do what they think is right, and stay with the process. You know, and I think it's much easier said than done. I mean, fans do get heated and you know want immediate results, and that's totally understandable. When team when a team loses, nobody feels worse than the people. You know, obviously the fans feel that. The staff and the players are living it minute by minute. It's excruciating. And, you know, so I think that's the one thing that the fans should understand is that as angry as they are at the losses and we feel exactly the same way. We don't want to lose games either. So the the point is the support comes from the whole organization and everybody that's on that same page. I got my 2023 lineup here, Josh. Yeah, Bob's been um, laminated. Wow. Bob's (laughs) carrying this this laminated lineup around for – how many years? Well, it's probably since about 18 or 19. Right? Yeah. He forecasted ahead, and we made, made him laminate it. It's actually 2021 lineup. I'm sorry. I'm oh, two okay. years behind on oh, this. Right. So I thought so you had it the, might not be perfect. I thought you had the 2023 No, lineup, I, I, I don't have the 2023. this lineup card around Yeah, and for the some longest of it's, time. Some of it's still there. Singer, Coar, Lynch, Bubich, Keller, Mondi, maybe. Uh, Melendez, Prado, Nicky Lopez. I got Soler on there. He's not with the team. Salvi's on there. So it's still pretty good. Not bad. It's, it's, not bad. it's still pretty good. <laughs> uh, I think it was actually when, from, from when, uh, when Ned left, because I, I predicted that Vance Wilson would be the manager back in those days. I've missed on that twice now. Um, so what I'm asking you, why I've got this line, who's pitching opening day? Let's get to the, 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 the brass tacks here. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, I think we're a little too far out from setting an opening day lineup right now. Yeah. Oh, darn it. We were hoping you'd break some the box. Of Legos yet? That is true. Let you still got to unpack. Yeah. Let alone the uh, yeah. the opening day pitcher. You mentioned kind of getting to getting to know the players. You you don't have them. So is it is it like one on one at this time of the year, or how do you how do you how are you able to interact with? with well, you know, uh, fortunately, when I was still living in Florida, um, Singer, Keller, uh, Coar were down there working out, so I got to meet them in person, watch them work out a couple times, throw, and then here. Uh, once we got here, uh, I'm seeing Stamont and um, and Barlow throw here, and uh, Nate Eaton came to town. He was hitting with Alex Zimwalt, and so I got to see him work out. And the rest of it has been phone calls and you know just getting to know guys, and it's been it's been great. I mean, they've been very receptive to. Other than nobody answers when they see a call from Albany, New York. So and they either think <laughs> when I got hired, it was right before the election, so they either thought it was some sort of like. You know, yeah. <laughs> election spam call or a telemarketer. So nobody answers. They all call me right back or whatever. But yeah, so I, I've I've been doing it through phone calls and zooms with the team every now and then. But you know, the off season, it's a fine line. You want to you want to get involved and know who, who everybody is and what they're doing. But you also want to give these guys their space because yeah. it's. It's a long season, and we have a long spring and season to get to know each other. Yeah, you do. And and, and look, that's kind of what this first year is going to be. I don't think you can go into this trying to make up for the last, what do we used to say, the last 30 years, right? And then they went on and won the world championship and, and, and whatnot, but the last couple of years have not been great. You can't go in there and say, we're going to make up for all of that in, in one off season. you got to kind of take it slowly, don't you? 
Well, yeah. I mean, and my my mindset is we're not making up for anything. We're starting now. You know, it's not a it's not well, last year this happened or the year before that happened and we have to change because of that. No, it's a fresh start. It's I don't know these guys personally. They don't know me and it's about earning their trust every day and and you know, being like I said, being consistent, knowing what they want and what's important to them and those are the kinds of questions that I that I like to know and that our staff is trying to get to know what's important to them. What do they value? What what do they want to see improve in their own, either in their game or in who they are as people and in their relationships? So that's kind of where we're starting. And, you know, baseball is baseball. We all get out on the field. We all take ground balls and throw bullpens and that kind of stuff. So there's nothing earth-shattering with that. It's more about building the confidence and building that camaraderie within the team. And I think there's a lot of that already here. All right. So I want to get to know you a little bit more. Besides riding a bike, what else do you like to do? <laughs> what, what else? Because everybody says, oh, he loves riding bikes. What else What else is uh, is in your free time? What else do you like doing? I mean, really, it's about my family. You know, Good. I mean, I try to spend as much time. I really don't go looking for things to do. You know, I mean, I'm a college basketball fan. I don't. In the years past, you know, before kids, I'd sit there and watch Big Monday, you know, from <laughs> seven to, yeah, to yeah. midnight or All whatever. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but now it's more about whatever movie we're putting on before bed and that kind of stuff. So I'd pick up spots of, you know, and I, I like to watch sports. I mean, like anybody else, but I, I very rarely carve out the three to four hours it takes for a full game anymore. You know, it's just pick, pick my spots, you know, because like, unlike the fan, I get a hundred and 90 games a year to 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 watch and yeah. they take more than the three hours so really it's about my family and spending as much time around them as possible what's your favorite all-time tv show cheers oh josh <laughs> there you go josh <laughs> my brother there it is there you go it's his yeah. all-time favorite tv i show. contend you could just start it over now show it every week and it would hold up yeah, it, I don't. It, I, you it, know, it holds, I other still than the, other than some of the grainiest, but but the the the, the stories and the nonsense all works today. It holds it up does, better than most. Except it's funny, you know, or not, not funny, but you go back and watch them now. There is a lot of stuff that would not hold up from the PC. <laughs> yeah, 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 There's yeah, a lot yeah. of there's yeah. a lot of that because I do still watch them. You know, at years back, uh, one of the things that hasn't been unboxed is the DVD player, which. But that is one of the things that I was gifted a long time ago was the box set of Cheers. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you like Henri when he used to steal Woody's girl? Or not? <laughs> Woody was a great character. That was a tough role to come in and replace Coach. You know, that was a tough yeah. thing. And that, but, yeah, that worked well. All right, that, so, that so and the payphone. Nobody uses the payphone. Nobody uses the payphone anymore. Like every episode of Seinfeld, which is my show. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, love that one too. So you solved, can't go wrong. Yeah, but it's everything solved now with a cell phone. I mean, yeah. so I mean everything goes with that. But you said coming in and replacing Coach, which was harder for Woody to replace Coach or for Rebecca to replace Diane? I think the Woody. I mean, I'm biased. I mean, Coach, those couple seasons, his lines were priceless. Yeah. You know, I mean, Diane was a great character too. I lo- I loved that show all all around. So, but I think it it evolved. You know, it changed, and everybody got everybody found their way. But I thought that was a I think I would say replacing coach was a little bit bigger. Little the bit coach bigger. has got to go with coach. Too. Yeah, I mean, true. Fine. Exactly. That That's a good point. A Pitching baseball, coach, yeah, baseball I mean, guy, yeah, 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 I mean, the whole nine yards. Who's your favorite uh, artist band of all time? Because when you join us every Wednesdays, we're going to play the music you want to hear. So we need to know who that is. Well, my favorite band is Grateful Dead. Oh, um, nice. But I, I'm pretty eclectic. You yeah. Know? So I, you really can't go wrong. I'm just not much of a modern, like today's, 
pop music isn't really my thing, mm-hmm. um, but I like a lot of different kinds of music. Have you seen the dead in concert? I have, Where yes. have you gone? Well, when I was in high school. Did you see Jerry Garcia? Are you old? Because he died in like 98, Yeah, 99? no, I, I, I no, was. No, 95. Maybe. I saw one show when I was in high school, and which actually has been immortalized because it, it was in Albany, New York, and they, they made a box set out of it called Dozen at the Nick because at the time the arena was called the Knickerbocker Arena. So my friends and I got to go there. It was a three-night thing. We went for one night. Um, and then in 2018, I went and saw um, Dead and Company with John Mayer when they were at City Field. We had played the Yankees in a day game, and they were playing at City Field at night. So a nice. few of us went over there. That's awesome. So if, if you could see any band in their prime, it would be the Dead. Like I could tell you right now, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Sinatra or Elvis, Grateful, like who, it would be the Grateful Dead. Well, I mean, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'm sure I could come up with some other some other ones I'd really like to see, and I did get to see them. Well, probably not in their prime, but yeah. you know, it was still the early '90s um, or yeah, early '90s. So I feel really fortunate about a lot of the things I've got to experience. You know, I got to see Stevie Ray Vaughan before he died, which is obviously tragic. But you know, looking back on it now, that was pretty special to be able to see him and. So I, w- when I was growing up, we, we lived in an area where there were a ton of concerts regularly. Uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center, SPAC, they, that's a, a huge venue in the summers. And we lived close enough to it where we could go regularly and just get cheap lawn seats. It's an outdoor amphitheater. So we saw tons and tons of of shows there. And, and my friends, my closest group of friends were musicians, and they we would travel around the area and find they would they would always spearhead like where we were going and who we would see, but we saw tons of concerts growing up. Do you have a concert memory where like this is the greatest concert I've ever been to? For me, Guns N' Roses Dodger Stadium in like twenty sixteen was for Well, I mean that Grateful Dead one, the the thing that really sticks out to me is like we took a bus downtown because the roads were all backed up with the traffic from the show and the deadheads traveling and stuff so getting off of that it's kind of like the car kind of, kind of the car line yeah. school yeah, yeah pretty much. Exactly. same thing yeah. Yeah. stepping off of that bus and seeing the sea of people was overwhelming i'll, I'll never forget that um you know but you know I, I think like as far as like most concerts most of the big concerts you go to the thing that really resonates with me is like as you get there and you hear the like sound check and the booming speakers and the lights and kind of stuff that's what really sticks with me at those shows what's the coolest experience you've been able to have because of baseball well i've been really i mean it's it's hard to really prioritize them but being in the world series twice has been really special even Uh, at the neutral site that was different i mean that that was different but it still didn't take away from like what you were playing for you know it was really cool to be involved in it um but one little experience that uh, they don't appreciate it yet but at the all-star game in 21 was in Denver and they allow the staff to bring the your families down onto the field for the home run derby and the couches are set up around the sides and so my kids were bouncing off the walls and I was just trying to get them to like stay on this one couch and they they was not set up at all staged at all they finally settled down on this couch and were sitting perfectly spaced and there was a spot behind them in the dugout where just randomly someone popped up perfectly between them and I said stay right there I'm taking a picture of this because they don't appreciate it yet but I if you don't mind just stay right there and it was Ken Griffey Jr. so I have this picture of them sweet 
sandwiching Ken Griffey Jr. Just their heads, and they have no idea right now. Right, but right, I mean, right. to me, that that's one experience that really stood out in my yeah. mind. Like this is this is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. everybody like in our age group grew up like watching Ken Griffey Jr. and wanting oh, to be like Ken Griffey Jr. and yeah. put your hat on backwards. Yeah. And, he was he was at kind of that first superstar. I think him and Bo Jackson, you know, were kind of those two superstars of our generation. He you know? just, you know, he did things like I was playing in college at the time and in high school, and you know, thinking like I I can't I can't do that. Like that's <laughs> not the same game that I'm playing that he's playing. Right. So hypothetically speaking, you're in Game Seven of the World Series, and, and Brady Singer's you know pitching brilliantly into the fifth inning. Are you taking him out? Oh, no, no, don't even, don't even, don't, don't, don't fall I would the, love to have that question. I would love to have that don't scenario be in place. <laughs> we will. We will have it uh, real quick. Matt, good to uh, to speak with you in person. Look forward to getting to know you even more as we. Uh, Embark on the the new season. Appreciate yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's you been fun. It. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Matt Cotraro, right. the new manager of the uh, the Royals, joining us in studio. We're out of time. Cody and Gold, they come your way next. You're on 610 Sports Radio.